it's back. Number one, straight up, top of the list, no questions asked, Cora Staunton. OTB's Mount Rushmore. Look, Casey, 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 Casey. Yeah. We're going to get over Casey. All this week on Off The Ball Breakfast. The Racing Pod on Off The Ball with William Hill. Best odds guaranteed at Cheltenham. We're Cheltenham ready. Are you 18 plus? See gamblingcare.ie. Welcome to episode 16 of The Racing Pod on Off The Ball. John Duggan and Johnny Ward with you. Remember, we're here every Friday with analysis, race previews, tips, stories, interviews and crack. The first half of the pod each week is free to air. The second part exclusively for members. So be sure to sign up by going to offtheball.com forward slash join. For members this week, we'll preview Saturday's action at Kelso, Newbury and Doncaster and Sunday's card at Leopardstown. Hopefully, weather permission, it will proceed. Subscribe now for all the juicy info. Cheltenham almost upon us. Johnny Ward, you were meant to go to Clonmel yesterday, but Clonmel didn't happen. And you, did you happen? Uh, did I, <laughs> I, uh, I get slagged for not like I don't have a car and I've never driven since I came to Dublin, although I'm talking about talking about changing that. Um, and the only train you can get to Clonmel is eight in the morning. Really, for actually, that was the only train that you could get. So the train, um, it's a funny train service because you you change Limerick Junction, and then it goes on the old line from Limerick, I think, to Watford or Rosslare, and it's really, really old. Like it's like going back in time, like the Care Viaduct and place like that. Really run down tracks, including Clonmel. And um, but you get to Clonmel normally anyway, and you go to the race or whatever. But yesterday there was an inspection at half seven, so I. I was in the taxi to Houston station. I'd probably left the, I probably was in the taxi for about a minute max and I got an email saying I was called off and then I had this kind of moral obligation to, the taxi driver was like, well, I only picked you up because I had a fare going from Houston. So he, I was kind of like, okay, she'll just bring me to Houston anyway. So I stayed there, had a coffee uh, and walked home and that was my uh, Clomel experience. But tougher Larkin uh, wire, um, JD, I was talking to him yesterday, like his job's getting tough, like, and you know, Paddy Graffin tomorrow. So he's the clerk of the course. He's the clerk of the course at, course at Clomel and some others, um, but um, they've had, they've just had, the, 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 at declaration time, I don't think the meeting really was in doubt, but they only got five mils overnight on Wednesday night, but it was still enough to cancel it. And if racing goes ahead at Navin and Leopardstown tomorrow, I'd have to say I'd be surprised if it went ahead of both. It'll be really someday, testing. Yeah. yeah. It's a half seven inspection for Navan on Saturday. The only time I was ever in a helicopter was to go to Clonmel from Dublin at Today FM, where I used to work at wow. a thing called You Do the Maps, our sister station, where they gave 10 grand to somebody who worked out all these maps. And the person had to go to some hotel in Clonmel, and we had the 10 grand. So we got a helicopter from one of these aerodromes, Baldon, or one of these places out in the west of Dublin, in the most glorious weather. And it was like something out of Willy Wonka and over uh, the fields we saw Punchtown Racecourse and then we landed in a hotel grounds in Clonmel. That's pretty cool. And then came back the same way, 20 minutes each way. 20 minutes? Each way in a helicopter mad. over Ireland. You'll have to get Sean Flanagan to bring you somewhere. Yeah, um, maybe to Cheltenham or maybe back from Cheltenham. Well, he's flying it and, you know, we... Literally. We had, we had, we had <laughs> we, exactly. We we had him on the, the live show um, with um, JJ Slevin and Gavin Cromwell and um, it's interesting with Sean because, like, he had the job with Noel Mead, then he's kind of went back freelance, but 
he hasn't um, he hasn't it hasn't really halted so much and the, the relationship with Gavin Cromwell now particularly I suppose riding when Keith Dunne who can't do the weight which um, sometimes happens Keith hit 50 for the season at the weekend as well so the two of them are flying it but um, that was your nap jouster jouster yeah he actually kind of was holding on a bit at the end but um, just tip Gavin Cromwell on a Saturday is the way to go at the moment I think especially in England as well mm. Constitution Hill or Constitution Ill. So the defending champion hurdle winner, Cheltenham, doubtful for the showpiece on Tuesday week after working poorly this week at Kempton, where he was found to have mucus in his scope. The latest statement from his trainer, Nicky Henderson, reads as follows. The result of the blood test taken this morning goes quite a long way to explaining his disappointing performance at Kempton on Tuesday and confirms he has a significant degree of inflammation. The figures themselves suggest he's definitely under the weather. We will need to repeat the test on Monday. In the hope the situation improves, we intend to scope him again tomorrow morning, but it appears the blood test is a more conclusive barometer and the one we need to concentrate on. This is probably not what we were hoping for, but at least it tells us exactly where we are. It seems to me, how can they run him really? Unless he's a miraculous recovery. Yeah. In terms of match sharpness, match fitness against State Man and the champion hurdle and all the others on Tuesday week. Yeah. And also says to me, the lesson is to run your horses when they're fit and well. Because they haven't done that with Constitution well, Hell. Abs- Only once this season. Absolutely. And like, off the top of my head, he's not a horse that has had um, major problems. I know when he uh, went to the sale after his point-to-point... Um, Barry Garrity and Warren Ewing had him and um, he he was actually beating his point to point but that's kind of by the by because he, he was by far the best horse in the race but he didn't look great at the sale and they didn't get the price that they thought they w- should have gotten when Michael Buckley bought him and at the time Blue Brazil his sire maybe hadn't really um, kicked off in, in these parts but this is just so disappointing and like social media now is such that I'd say within 10 or 15 minutes of the gallop it was appearing on WhatsApps um, and the first inkling I had was like um, a screen grab of the betting exchanges where he was like gone out to whatever it was and now you have this strange situation where you have two long odds on shots in the same race because of the non-runner no bet anomaly but just when he said this is probably not what we were hoping for um, you know this I'm quoting from Twitter today that you know it just doesn't sound great and I do have some sympathy for Nicky Henderson because I slag Paul Nichols a bit for kind of running away from Cheltenham a lot and in fairness yeah. Nicky Henderson treats it like maybe maybe a, a little bit excessively in terms of respect so I have a bit of sympathy but run your horse Jody. he could have come to Leopardstown and they would have had an amazing day out Michael yeah. Buckley bringing the horse back to his homeland um, and this is really disappointing because as much as like I wasn't expecting Stateman to beat him. Um, just the way Paul Townend spoke after the race last year, I think he was going to get closer. And Constitution Hill is coming in. like It's not ideal prep coming into the race after basically winning an egg and spoon race and your only start the season. Like, And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was really looking forward to that race. Maybe it'll happen. It just doesn't look great at the moment. I don't know what binocular, binocular came back from almost the dead to, to run and win. But no, it doesn't look great. And I'd be really disappointed. I know Cheltenham have... Struggled to sell tickets this this year yes. relative to the other years. You know, and there are issues. You know, the the I got an email today about um, just the, the cost of accommodation in Cheltenham. So expensive to go over there. The cost of the tickets. You need to have my arrangements. It was twenty years. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, you see, it's some people are lucky that they have a long-standing yeah. alliance. Like, but if you're going over there and then. You want to see the best, like you want to see the possibly the best jumper I've ever seen, and hopefully he'll make it. Doesn't sound great though. Interesting though, if it really puts the cat among the pigeons in terms of the market, like will Lassie Mouth potentially turn up at the champion hurdle now? Irish points they're talking about maybe reverting him to two miles. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, because um, Gordon Elliott's stable visit during the week. I wasn't actually there, but he said that Tiopu is going to be Jack Kennedy's mount pretty much in the. Stairs hurdle one way or the other. The soft ground, I think, is an important part because the water Big table has is, is, is been quite high at Chatham the last uh, year. And that means 
even though there was no rain. It, 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 we're looking at softer ground than normal at Shetland. This, this is a very, very important point that people people will, will look at the uh, race and post and they'll see going soft or they'll see going soft to heavy. And like it, it, the going soft to heavy in Ballinrobe uh, in the middle of June is one thing. The going soft to heavy at Cheltenham at the moment, I, I, and if, if it were that, um, like so many race courses, it has rained so much over a 12-month period that the water tables are high. And it's like... It was interesting just when Larkin Wire gave his initial um, statement before the meeting was called off. He said the going is really like he basically said very testing, like and and like really really deep horses finishing tired. And I think that's a big factor in Tiopu's if if Jack Kennedy were to ride him. But I think um, Irish Point now rerouting to the Champion Hurdle makes sense. Okay, I want to do this thing, Johnny, with eleven days to go to the Chatham Festival. Ten questions around Chatham, so I can. Constructed 10 questions and we'll, we'll give it a go and have a bit of fun with it uh, for the audience. A hundred years this year since the first Cheltenham Gold Cup. What's been your favourite Gold Cup and why? So, I'll put that question to you first, actually. What was your favourite? One well, I wasn't at. So, before I went to Cheltenham as a broadcaster in 2002, I went uh, in 1999 from college home to get the VHS and get the tape that I put on earlier for the Gold Cup and I'd uh, see more business backed. And it got to the stage where I was on my knees when see more business and go ballistic jumped the last. Who was third? Florida Pearl. And see more business had enough bravery and class to get home just in front of the Mick Fitzgerald. I told my dad um, to back it. He wasn't there in the house. The house was empty. Ran up the hill to the bookmakers he was there and he backed it and we shared a moment and he had Sir Talbot in the last Timmy Murphy rode that at 10 to 1 so we had a great day and he died just over three years later mm. so to have that memory is a great memory of the Cheltenham Gold Cup that's beautiful uh, so I'm going to go with a stable mate in, in one I'm going to give three races which were all actually around the time and if you look at just look at the names of the horses that won the Gold Cup and those. Like they're really like they're really evocative names. Imperial Call, Cool Dawn, Seymour Business, Looks Like Trouble, Best Mate, Kicking King, yeah. War of Attrition. And then Koto Star obviously was a French name, but like a horse that I think really captured the imagination. But when he was turned over in 2008 by Denman, a um, bit of after time, but I seem to recall back in Denman, I actually backed him each way on the day because I couldn't see him out of the tree even though he was probably fighting. I loved that race because yeah. I was at the oh. top of the grandstand and Sam Thomas gave Denman I don't think Denman was ever the same horse after that race but Denman it was the tank it was a pulverised caught a star and forced into mistakes it was one of the most best front running jumping galloping rhythmic performances you're ever going to see in a race course do you know what's funny Ruby Walsh was saying recently about how he he, he points out that British races are run too hard a lot of the time and it's, the horses basically don't really recover properly from it and Ruby of course rode in that race but he wouldn't have given the ride that Denman got because like Sam Thomas in the race itself it was probably a flawless ride because like he's he was such a strong stayer lovely way of going like the tank like and he would jump jump for fun fine for pressure relish the hill and Cota Star wasn't quite as strong a stayer as him he was more of a classy horse but he wasn't really right after it um, no and it was a heavyweight boxer performance heavyweight boxer and obviously like he was around the same era as Cota Star and you had these stable mates I mean imagine Paul, Paul Nichols would probably I mean okay I'm, I'm, I say it in jest but Paul Nichols would probably looking to entry for these horses now um, anyway so the other three I'm going to give um, what are we going to year wise here uh, do to do do so Connor O'Dwyer um, would have been uh, I, I think would rightly be 
considered um, you know an absolute gentleman um, and Mouse Morris is one of my favourite people in racing so when they more of attrition it's 18 years ago now it's hard to believe but that, that race um, and like they'd be headshunter and forget the past maybe it wasn't a vintage renewal of the race but more of attrition to win for Mouse I think um, that meant so much to him and the final one I will give um, do 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 Don Cossack, 2016. Brian Cooper. Brian Cooper. Same colours. Um, Michael Leary's uh, maroon colours. I just love that horse. I mean, I remember going to the homecoming. Um, I think Gordon might have been in a different yard then, actually, and apologies if not, but the, the homecoming was in Summerhill, I think. Indeed, um, yeah. Yeah, and the horse was paraded through the streets, and I kind of just went for, ended up going to the bar with Gordon and whoever else was there for the day, and... Um, even though I was actually working, it was kind of like a Hunter S. Thompson type journalism, where it's like <laughs> live the journalist. Gonzo life. Johnny, Gonzo. I was certainly Gonzo going home, but um, <laughs> yeah. But the, the horse. You know what the funny thing is, JD. You see him that day. He was absolutely stunning. Like he was the most good-looking horse. Um, he had that striking black kind of black and white feature. Um, and I loved, I loved him as a horse. He was. I don't even know if I backed him actually on the day, but he was nine-four favourite. Won a well. Um, but we've Gallop and Deschamps this year, obviously trying to win it for the second time. And I suspect he might go off the price he went off last year. What surprised you when you first went to Cheltenham? Do you know? Do you know what? Actually, it's it's how actually stunningly beautiful the area is around it. Because the I've, Cotswolds, the Cotswolds, like I've never done. I've never ventured because I've been too busy. I've never gone to the Hollow Bottom, Nigel Twist Davies Pub, or yeah. the Apple Tree, or these pubs, or. Stow in the Wold or I don't even know if that's a place that's, that's near it but it just sounds like it um, but yeah. all these places around these beautiful villages and um, alehouses and all these kind of places well I, I, give, I have this notion that England has a lot of kind of towns and cities that are quite run down and a lot of these areas that actually voted for Brexit where there were I mean it was the fascinating actually the I was looking into the miners strike it's 40 year anniversary didn't really know much about it but sort of started reading into it and a lot of these former mining areas um, run down kind of towns like actually voted for Brexit out of a sense of kind of dissatisfaction with the way life is going so so I would argue that like Irish cities sometimes can look prettier than English cities but when you actually go to an English town an old town like Winchcombe like it literally blows you away. Like I mean, Adair wouldn't be in the halfpenny place to it, and Adair is a lovely town. It is absolutely. It's like something out of, out of um, Emmerdale Farm, and it's just the the pubs, the 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 buildings. It's like, like kind of like a Roman architecture, absolutely stunning. And Cheltenham Town itself is lovely. I'd love to go to a game there actually and see Cheltenham play. But Cheltenham Town is lovely. So that's actually, that's actually one of the things that struck me most. Um, as obviously the crowds and that and the madness of it. Um, but how beautiful the area is would have struck me. The scale of Cheltenham, I found the most uh, surprising thing, uh, the intimidatory factor of the fact that this is the big leagues. Mm. This is the relentlessness of the crowd size. Um, you're punch drunk with the relentlessness of the races, um, the noise. This is ooh, this is like a football stadium mm. and it's a race course. Yeah, and, and you have 60 to 70,000 people there every day. And that's kind of like... I've said this before, but that's gone from a lot of race meetings now, that atmosphere. And in Ireland, it's pretty rare, if you ask me. Like, yeah. it's, you, know, you get it at the Dublin Racing Festival. You get it at Punchdown. To an extent, at Punchdown. Yeah, and yeah. Galway. Yeah. Um, but. Chatham has a. It's, it's, it's a bigger beast. It's a bigger beast. I, 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 to be honest, I don't think anything compares with in yeah. Ireland. Um, yeah. And when you go over and you see. I suppose the changes as well. Like, it's 21 years since I watched the race, and like. 
you wouldn't pray, you wouldn't want to flaunt a tricolour now because it would be seen as triumphalism. I mean, Ireland is expected to have about twenty winners. Yeah, this year. absolutely. The, uh, let's go through these quite quickly. Um, the best trial you've seen all season. I'm going to actually say Sergino winning the right, yeah, the triumph just because the I, fastest uh, final furlong. Yeah, no, I on the clock. I think that's a race that's worth watching again because Sergino. Um, there, there are a couple of aspects to it, and I, I won't go long here. But Sergino. Um, was catapulted into favourite for the Triumph Hurdle afterwards. But he actually beat a horse in France who Willie Mullins has, Salva- Salvatore Mundi, who hasn't been seen since. But he beat Bird of Road by 10 lengths. And now, I think Bird of Road probably, he was out of Cheltenham now, actually one of my 10 to follow. Um, I think he might have been not quite at his best that day. But if you look at M- Melantino, who was third, who's been dropped, I think, 10 or 11 pounds since he was given an initial mark. I, I genuinely don't think it would have happened in Irish horse, but... The handicapper probably has a fair point, but he went hard and Sergino sort of sat in second. But like he was absolutely like I'd say I'd say the McManus horse is very good and they think he's a really proper chase in making. He absolutely hammered him for a horse with little experience, so he looks a an out and out machine. Could be a serious, serious champion hurdle horse going forward. Reed and Tommy Wrong beat Ila Lantique in the rescheduled Grade One Lauders of Nice. Hurdle back in January. I thought they went a good gallop. The front two came clear. I thought that was a very good trial. Uh, the best jumping performance you witnessed to date this season? I would say Gallop on Deschamps at Christmas. But the issue I have is that I don't feel he jumped well in the John Durkin at Punchestown. And which Gallop on will we see at Cheltenham? I don't really remember that many other exuberant jumpers this season that have wowed me. Yeah, I, I think his performance... Um his performance at Christmas was kind of like I really wasn't expecting him to be that good and like when Jack Kennedy says Jerry Colon more or less ran his race afterwards you're like Jesus how good is this horse um, and then I thought I actually thought for a forerunner race the Dublin Racing Festival Gold Cup was was really intriguing to watch and I thought Paul Townend had all aces covered had all angles covered at all times but I'm actually going to give my performance so far it was in a, in a beginner's chase and it was Gaelic Warrior um, he was given a racing post rating of 150. This is a Limerick in Punchestown. So Punchestown. the race at Limerick obviously was known for other things, but like yeah. when you think when you think what Ilete Tomp did since at Leopardstown, what he did at, at Limerick wasn't bad either. Um, but the Punchestown performance and, and that was over two miles three for a horse who stays three miles very well. I think we watched the race together actually at Punchestown last year, um, when I wasn't certain he'd get home. Um, but he did, and I know he blocked his copybook at Leopardstown, but that performance at Punchstown, jump, I've never seen a horse, I've rarely seen a horse jump as well. Maybe he's stable mate Blood Destiny, who we'll talk about later on his debut, but Gaelic Warriors for me was amazing. Best under the radar horse at present who could surprise at the festival. The one I'm going for is Dancing City. Don't believe he's getting the credit for his win at the Dublin Racing Festival. He won his point to point. He chased home Ballyburn over two miles of Punchestown last season. He was not stopping over two miles six furlongs the last day. If there's further improvement, he could run well wherever he turns up. Dancing City for me. Yeah, I, it's funny because he was sent off such a big price at the um, at the Dublin Race Festival that you're, he probably is a little bit unheralded. But if the, if I'm not sure what I don't think the forecast is too bad but if the ground is quite soft he really did handle it well at Leopardstown I'm going to give Bottler secrets now there's a caveat here because I'm not sure he's going to run um, but I was quite sweet in him it was a really frustrating situation last um, Sunday because he was put in like 5 or 6 to 1 and I with the, with the, with the long odds on shot and I was actually thinking Bottler secrets could well go off favourite here but unfortunately the odds on shot then was taken out so you had a massive rule 4 but it was probably still a good price yeah. he produced I thought this was one of the performances of, of certainly of the juvenile division anyway um, he, he looked he races very behind the bridle as well so like I was coming down the back straight I was like is this horse travelling at all and then at the second last Sean Flanagan gave him one very very gentle kind of nudge 
and he literally just put the race to bed in a, in a couple of strides um, and he can jump better now I think Gavin might make the call not to go to Cheltenham, but if he does, um, keep an eye on him for all that he'll probably have his work cut out against Sergino. Gavin Cromwell's bottle of secrets. The market leader, you think that might get beaten. We don't want any horse to get beaten, but the one I don't necessarily think um, might win is uh, Manella Indo in the cross-country chase. I don't think greater form transfers automatically to cross-country races. Uh, I think he'd be a horse I'd be looking to take on. I'd be the same, actually. I'm, I'm slightly surprised how short he is, and that's a, it's a very good renewal of the race. Like when um, Mouse Morris's horse... Whose, whose name escapes me now? The fame and glory horse won at he won at the November meeting. Foxy Jacks, was Foxy it? Jacks. When he won at the November meeting, he was one. Now I know it's not a handicap at Cheltenham this time, but he won off 148. Um, and he's a horse that I found a bit of a head the ball to be honest. I found him hard to predict, but he, he actually really took to the fences that day. Mouse said afterwards, he, hopefully he'll go to Cheltenham with a great chance. And I think Mouse is a couple of interesting horses, particularly gentleman's game in the in the Gold Cup. But as a target trainer, he's without peers, and he warmed up for this with a lovely run at Leopardstown and he's been given a break since and uh, I think he's interesting but I'm actually going to give um, Fact of File I, Yeah, I, I just, on, I don't like that as well The problem with Fact of File is that obviously he was beaten um, there are a couple of problems with him he was beaten by American Mike who admittedly is actually a really talented performer on his day but I just honestly have no idea what he achieved at Leopardstown and, and that's that was the the one blot on the copybook of the Leopardstown Dublin Race Festival. That was a two horse race that became a bit of a farce. Um, now, it's with reluctance I say this, but he's even money odds on, and I'm 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 just not sure quite how good he is yet. Rapid fire. What's your lucky race at Cheltenham? A lucky race at Cheltenham will probably be the uh, Albert Bartlett um, Penn Hill comes yeah. um, to my mind at a good price I, I've I've tipped winners in that uh, at reasonable prices um, but yeah your bogey race probably the gold cup right yeah. okay um, I, the, the entry Grand National is like probably the, the race I have the worst record ever we will ever. fix this we will maybe fix we this will. We, we will get you the winner John you the entry um, Grand National this year the gold cup I, I tend to not have a great record in um, I think I back synchronised and Pro- and a back to Enman that year but I probably had like 30 bets in the Gold Cup at this stage and only 2 or 3 of them have won didn't fancy synchronise personally I have to say that day remember there was good money from on the day mm. my lucky race is from talking to people is the bumper yeah so I've had Dunguib Fernie Hollow uh, Silver Concord oh, I back Fernie Hollow remember the two yeah, of us cheering yeah. in the, that's right and Harry Molly at 33s from talking to people yeah. with Donny Hassett and Claire the trainer told me to keep an eye on that Harry Molly he fancied it and the my buggy race is the Albert Bartosh no, not the Albert Bartlett. That's the toughest race at Cheltenham. I think it's the toughest race of the festival. Um, my bogey race is Stairs Hurdle. I've never had the winner in Stairs Hurdle because I always look for up-and-comers and the Stairs Hurdle generally goes to horses that can, can continue to win it, repeat winners. The Opel will win it this year, I think. And just to finish these 10 questions, Johnny, for Cheltenham, the best 2024 Cheltenham Festival storyline would be, have a think for a moment, I would say I'd love to see Fermanagh trainer David Christie and Wexford jockey Barry O'Neill win their first Cheltenham race. They'd wing leader chinned in the Fox Hunters a couple of years ago by Bill Away. They've got Ferns Lock this year. Either Barry win a race or for David Christie to win a race. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Two I'd, good people in the game. Um, I got to know David and his son of the same name a bit last year and David had David was actually quite unwell around this time last year but has recovered well um, and I'd love him to win a Fox Hunter as you say. Like he's, he's a very respected figure in the point-to-point scene. Um, and it's funny what Price Vosley was last year. Like he was nine to four or something. He was sick. I read that during the week he was ill. That's interesting for this year. It is interesting because they, they really did rate him. Now I know Fern's Lock is probably going to be favourite, but Vosley would is probably capable of much better performance. But Barry O'Neill is a gentleman as well, and 
uh, you know, the, I just love that lines Wexford and Fermanagh. You wouldn't put them together, and to have like it's it's hard to train horses in racing backwaters like the West of Ireland and Ulster. Um, there are some very talented operators, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd actually go with that as well. That's your storyline. Make mine a double J, uh, where you've got so much coverage of Chatham to come with the Chatham show digitally every day, and we'll obviously next Friday's pod will get all the latest info ahead of the Chatham Festival on the racing pod. Um, I'm going to go for Johnny 155 Newbury on Saturday, and this is a very aptly named Take Out the Sea. The horse is named Heltonham. Trained by Dan Skelton, won three handicap chases last season, including over the course and distance. This is the Great Wood Gold Cup. He returned to former Kempton last time. I think he's well weighted. I think he's a player. Heltonham, about seven and a half to one each way. Um, I'll go with Spillane's Tower in the Webster Cup. Right. Um, I'm no, having, the, if, it, if it goes ahead. The, this is kind of more of a price based selection. Um, and I would be worried about the ground because it's so bad. And he has to give seven pounds to Blood Destiny. But I thought he really beat him readily uh, the last day at Punchestown. Now, the trip will probably be more in Blood Destiny's favour. I was actually at Navin the day Blood Destiny made his debut. And it was his jumping at times was absolutely spectacular um, but I thought Spilanstar I'm actually surprised he isn't going to Cheltenham to be honest Jimmy Mangan to have a horse like that of course won the Grand National back in the day but yeah he, maybe he'll win here but really testing ground Spilanstar at Navan on Saturday and Heltonham at Newbury on Saturday make mine a double J on the racing pod this is the racing pod and off the ball if you're listening to the free version of the podcast we'll be leaving you here but if you're looking for more including our analysis of the Saturday cards at Kelso Newbury and Doncaster and Sunday's fixture at Leopardstown go to offtheball.com forward slash join to subscribe and get the full podcast every Friday with all our racing tips insights and stories from the week's action The Racing Pod on Off The Ball with William Hill Best odds guaranteed at Cheltenham We're Cheltenham ready are you 18 plus? See gamblingcare.ie.